Most startup entrepreneurs feel lost, confused, discouraged, afraid, even unworthy when it comes to starting their entrepreneurial journey. In this podcast, we give you motivation, inspirational stories, and strategies that have helped startup entrepreneurs push past those limiting beliefs and break free from self-sabotage. There is no greater time than right now. So let's go. It's time to believe and rise. All right, welcome back to Believe and Rise. Today I got a special guest. He's back for another episode. His name is James Berena. James, welcome back to Believe and Rise. Hello, and thank you for having me back. Of course, you've taught me so much in my life, so of course <laughs> I'm not going to pass on your knowledge. <laughs> All right, let's start off with um, how your life has changed because our last episode was published October 2018 and is now almost July. 2019 what has changed for you because we spoke about morning routines yes last time yes. is your morning routine still the same um it's a little bit shorter because what i did do is i took the meditation part and i kind of put it mix it in my day instead of having it first thing in the morning and um i still do write what i'm grateful for and the whole um the whole thing i mentioned last time um yeah it's pretty much the same how does yeah. that feel now that you're meditating throughout the day um, it feels better just because uh, when I'm on super stress mode, I'm constantly on react reactive mode and nobody likes to be on reactive mode because no. cortisol levels are up. You constantly feel like you're breathing hard. Everything gets to you. And like, at least you, as long as you meditate and you're more proactive and you just prepare yourself ahead of time, then you have less to worry about in the day. You can hit those curveballs left and right without getting hit by them. Yeah, no, I agree. It's the same with me. If I wake up in the morning, I don't get to meditate for myself or I don't get to take a little bit of time for myself. I'm constantly reacting to everything else and I feel like I'm just missing out on my on my opportunity of being who I want to be mm-hmm. or do the things that I want to do. So meditation is huge for my schedule too. So entrepreneur journey, what has changed within, what is that, seven months? Oh my gosh, so much has changed. I have gone from about... 18 staff members to over 30 now and we are still doing non-stop interviews for more staff um, income levels have almost quadrupled with everything put together just from so, one business uh, no actually with amongst the three of them my income has uh, quadrupled um, I had to shut things down with Amazon just because I don't have the time to look after it myself mm-hmm. um, and uh, I was getting a virtual assistant to look after it but I'm too busy to do interviews but i will get to it in middle of july i have it set for july 7th i'm planning to start doing interviews for the va again whoa that's insane so what helps you stay balanced with all this change chocolate ice cream (laughs) (laughs) chocolate ice cream uh bad food and (laughs) no um what helps me feel balanced um the help the help i get uh I have people looking, people I know, like, and trust that are taking care of my businesses at the highest level to the point where they pretty much handle everything and I'm just there to make sure that the systems are being built and then I can toss it to somebody else. Systems are being built, give it to somebody else. And um, I have Archie looking after Truly Fresh. He's running the whole show while I just focus on pushing forward, which is um, sales and marketing. 
I have Chris Fabria looking after the real uh, Truly Fresh Homes business. And all I do is I check in with him uh, once every two days. And then other than that, he just calls me when a sales about uh, when a purchase is going to go through and then we buy the house, we sell the house, such and such. And um, other than that, just staying organized, staying ahead of the game, making my lists. Um, before I go to sleep, I write down everything that's on my head so that I can go to sleep properly without like stressing out laying in bed. Mm-hmm. And then in the morning, I make my other to do list and just go through it throughout the day, mark off what's priority, what I can do. And I always try to work ahead and be proactive, such as um, the seven of habits of highly effective people. The first one is being like proactive, always making sure that you're ready to bat when the balls start coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. I want to ask, how do you find the proper people to help you? Or actually, before you answer that, I want to ask you, how did you know that you started to need help? Because usually people start just doing all this and it gets to their head. It's like, oh, I can do it. I can do it. I can do it all. Don't worry. I can do this. When did you realize that, okay, this is too much? Okay, so every entrepreneur, as they grow, they hit a cap. And a cap where their time, they just do not have enough time in the day. They wear, like every, all entrepreneurs, they wear every type of hat. The marketing, the sales, the operator, uh, operations, uh, supplies, the invoicing, AR, AP, all that. Uh, there's a point in time when you're like, I need 35 hours in a day, but I only have 24 and I still want to get some sleep. So once you hit that cap, you have two options. Either you raise your price or you hire people. And in terms of Truly Fresh, uh, the cleaning company, I chose to hire people. And then just like any entrepreneur growing, you create a system and then you hand it off. And then if that system doesn't work in their hands, you didn't create it well enough. So just Work together with them to make sure that that system's good before you start creating more systems, handing it off to someone else, and so on and so forth. Uh, So how about those people that are building something and they say, you know what, I don't have the funds to hire someone. What do you think they should do? I honestly feel that you should look for funding, like um, get some sort of loan, go talk to BDC, because while you say that you don't have the funds to grow, you also, like, do you have the funds to not grow Mm. because you're going to be digging a deeper hole and making more mistakes and at that point you're going to need you need to dip before you fly right Mm -hmm. like when you jump off the cliff with wings you go down first before you fly up right Mm. and um just take those risks honestly people just need to take these risks and just mitigate the risk by knowing that there's things like bdc futurepreneur uh talk to your bank make sure there's some sort of financing in place to help you grow wings on the way down because you got to start taking these risks because you're never going to know what you need to know and well you never know what you don't know unless you need to know it so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you'll never get there if you don't take risks right the other thing that i was thinking of backpacking on that is you need to have that full belief in your ability oh yeah so when did that change for you when did you realize like oh man i got this um I try <laughs> um, with the audiobooks, they were really helping me have more belief in myself because they were help uh, like you've mentioned before, when you're so high up on the cliff, just remember to look down to see how high you mm-hmm. are because sometimes I get down on myself like, oh man, like that emotional roller coaster like I don't got this, this sucks, I don't know what I'm doing. But then you look down and you go, holy crap, I'm like way higher than I was before. <laughs> Like these are higher quality problems. And that's when I started to feel that I got this. 
because like Dean Graziosi said, like the higher quality problems you have, the higher quality your life is becoming. So mm. yeah. <laughs> that's really good, man. I like that. Higher quality problems is better than small problems. <laughs> yeah, no, I, yeah. honestly, like when Dean was saying like, oh, um, if your order's wrong, like I, I did actually, I went to a restaurant, it's the exact same thing. I asked for... Um, I asked for a steak, but I got the chicken, just like he oh, did. Oh, that's a big difference. And it was, the, it was a $2 difference. And I thought to myself, you know what? Instead of like causing a scene in front of like the 12 people I was with, I was like, screw it. Like, like Dean said, eat the damn chicken. So I just ate the damn chicken. <laughs> if they filled it with vegetables, then we got a whole new story. Then, <laughs> yeah. then I'd like package it up and just take it home. <laughs> just for you viewers out there, just so you know, James does not eat vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> he said whenever he goes to fancy restaurants and they serve you the salad in the beginning, he says, no thanks. <laughs> no, thank you. I will wait for the food. Uh, well, it, it gets even worse. Like Chinese restaurants, I, t- I pick out the vegetables from the fried rice. And they're like, oh, but what about the onions? You can't see the onions. Yes, you can. If you pour, if you pour soy sauce and you mix it really fast, you'll see the onions. And then you could take it <laughs> so out. So you got your own life hacks. To yeah, I got life hacks life. for those who do not like vegetables. <laughs> I got you. So how about for the chow mein? What happens for your chow mein? Oh, you know what? The, uh, if you go deep enough, it's only chow mein and oh. sauce. It's only the noodles and the sauce, yeah. So you got to really like move the vegetables to get down there. And then if it's really mixed in everywhere, I'm like, screw it. I'll just eat something else. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, a few of you guys that are listening to the audio, you're not going to see James in person, unless you obviously follow him on his social media, but James is a thin guy. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like a superhuman. I don't understand how he does this. <laughs> but let's move on to delegating. How did you know that you delegated to the right people? Um, you, you will know, because um, the right people will, you will give them papers with fill in the blanks and they will fill in the blanks themselves if they're constantly looking for you to fill in the blanks then you know you may have the wrong person you want somebody who's a little more growth minded where they're willing to fill in the blanks themselves like um here's step one here's step two and then this is the result at step 10 you need if you find people who are like well give me step three and then you give them step three well give me step four those Mm. are more than likely not the people you really want you want the people where this is, here's the, I'm going to pay you per hour. This is where you start. This is where you need to end. Here are all the resources. Figure it out. And if you find people who are learning to figure it out or they have enough knowledge that they've done it in the past and they start creating their own systems themselves, then you know you have the right people. Mm, that's good. So you give them the problem and they need to find the solution. Yes. Uh, you give them the problem. You give them the tools to get out of there and then... Let them get out of the escape room on their own. Ah, nice escape room. Those are good. (laughs) So your business is growing, obviously, a lot. (laughs) Do you have any plan of expanding? Expanding? um, You mean like into another city? Yeah. Maybe. If we do move to another city, then yes, I'll expand in that direction. Um, Have you been offered from other cities? Yes, um, somebody uh, somebody from Calgary asked if they can franchise out there and I said no just because I'm not in the position. I don't know this person so I wasn't Mm. really in the position to feel that they can carry on the brand. Our brand is smiling people, everybody's happy, Mm -hmm. everybody's youthful, like (laughs) has youthful vitality at least. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe not youthful but they have youthful vitality in them. Yeah, I just want to make sure that the brand stays the same. I'd hate for somebody to ruin the Truly Fresh name out there. 
And for me to put that in place, I'd have to move out there for maybe a month or two just to make sure everything's good. And I don't really want to go to Calgary. <laughs> I'm having so much fun here. And mm. yeah. So this is like a side question. Why did you choose the name Truly Fresh? Ah, you know what? <laughs> I just did an interview with my sister and Isabel, and they asked the same thing. Diamond Cleaning Company was taken. Ace's Cleaning Company was taken. Like, we had no idea what we wanted. And I was like, crap, like, all the good ones are already taken. And then I was just working at Seven Oaks, and I was just typing and doing all sorts of stuff in the staffing. And out of nowhere, I swear, this is work of God. <laughs> it, it just hit me with truly fresh. And I was like, what? Where did that come from, right? Uh... So I wrote it down, and I wrote down truly fresh, and I was like, that's such a boss name. It is. And then after my work, I went and I checked the registration. Did anybody take it? No, nobody's ever taken it. And I was like, it's actually a pretty good name. It is. And then I went and I, once uh, Archie made the logo, I was like, holy crap, I love this name. Oh, and then cool. sure enough, a, a year later, two years, and then now five years later, I'm like, holy crap, I still love the name. Yeah. It's I've used name. it for everything. Like um, I got Truly Fresh Homes. I got, well, trusted fresh i couldn't get truly fresh in the states but that's okay but yeah it's i use it for like everything and i love it so yeah i think it's a brilliant name like especially for cleaning yeah i know it's like who cleans your who cleans your property truly fresh oh it must be truly fresh yes that's truly fresh (laughs) (laughs) right yeah i love that name that's brilliant so archie made the logo yes he did and you know what to this day i love that logo like it's everywhere like everywhere everywhere. yeah it hasn't all over this house i love it nice so what are some tips that you give people that are actually in the game already that are pursuing the entrepreneur journey? Um, put in the extra effort to start creating systems, to start documenting what you're doing. If you're doing AR, start go to a word pad or even just a notepad like with pen and paper. Write down what you're doing because one day somebody else is going to have to do that. You're not going to be able to do all of this for the rest of your life. So always document what you're doing Uh, Start documenting what you're doing, how you do it, so that when you do train somebody one day, you have all the curveballs that you've hit in the past. And um, that way you can create the systems easier and you can pass it off easier. And then that person can start creating the systems so that you don't have to do the minimum wage duties anymore. Mm -hmm. And like, yeah. Oh, nice. So that makes me wonder, because you have so many answers to all these questions, (laughs) right? And I feel like when you're the owner, you're the CEO, you're the manager, you have this high position. I feel like there's always a foundation behind all of it. So who is your foundation and where did this all come from? Foundation as in like my why? No, your business foundation. Oh, the business foundation? Because then you can, a lot of people can't just say, oh yeah, I was just born with this. I just yeah. know how to do everything. Oh no, oh God no. We, <laughs> we jumped and grew wings on the way down. This was crazy. Um, we actually started by working for realtors and that was by far the worst thing I've ever done and we were working for like 15 bucks an hour in which I was paying some people more than that Mm -hmm. so So wait where did you even get the advice to find a realtor to um I went online and I put how to grow my cleaning company Ah, and then sure enough this one website clean for profit came up and gave all these ideas and then sent us in the wrong direction that's for sure and I grew in the wrong way and then now I'm starting to grow in the right way and the transitions been crazy that's what I've been doing so. Ah, so how do you know if you're growing in the right direction you know that you're growing in the right direction because it's slowly it's less stressful and it's freeing up your time and 
you're having to beg people less. Like mm. I used to beg people like, please, I need help with this clean. Like they need it right now. But then I don't have a lot of those anymore because I chose not to have those kind of clients. That's how I knew I was growing in the wrong way. I had a lot of people who felt like we were nothing. I actually, uh, one of the biggest turning points in the Truly Fresh business was when one, um, when one realtor said to us like, oh yeah, no, they had like real cleaners come in, not like you guys. And it was like the most hurtful thing that Whoa. I've ever heard. And it was then that I chose that we you know we're, we're doing this wrong. We're professional cleaners, but we're not being respected as so, as such. Yeah. So that's when I started turning a lot of things. So what did you do from that point? Did you find a mentor? Yes. Find coaching? Um, I started you... looking online for like, how do you get commercial contracts? Like I just looked it up on Google. How do you get commercial contracts? And then there was all sorts of stuff. And what we did is we had a couple of commercial contracts. And this is the best thing. A lot of people don't understand this for marketing. Ask the people you already have. If you have a, if you're looking to like, nobody knows your market better than your market. Mm, right that's so true. some yeah. people just try to guess what their market wants when in reality the best thing you could do is actually talk to your market like how do you know what an 80 year old woman from the states would uh, or let's say an 80 year old woman from your hometown you're trying to sell walkers how would you even know what they want without even asking the 80 year old woman <laughs> like you're gonna try to add an xbox a screen like try to <laughs> like she doesn't want that and then just you ask Bluetooth her, on her walker. Yeah. <laughs> see like she doesn't want that and then but if you say Oh, and you, you interview the 80-year-old lady and you're like, oh, so what would you want in your walker? Oh, she'll say something like, I just want a little basket where I can put my chips. <laughs> See? And then you didn't know that. You, yeah. you wouldn't have guessed that. But yeah. the reason I use that as an example is because I actually have a 93-year-old client where I said, like, if you could have anything on this walker, what would you want? And she's like, I want a basket where I can put my snacks. Oh. And I was like, oh, <laughs> never would have guessed that, right? Yeah, that you true. wouldn't have known unless you asked. So yes. people just try to guess what their market wants when it's something, something as easy as just ask. Yeah. And then that's how you're going to grow. So what we were doing is we were asking our current commercial. Well, I was asking the current commercial, like, where do you, where do you, what, what do you search up on Google when you're looking for a clean company? Or who do you ask? Or what kind of criteria are you looking for? Like, you just ask them. Like, just ask your so market. So you constantly did research. Yes, on each. I did one. perfect prospect surveys, asking my own prospects. Right. Hmm. And then your business pretty much just grew from word of mouth. Um, no, I actually they were actually telling me where they get the advertising from. So one of them said um, we get this type of magazine. So I was like, holy crap! So I put my ad in that magazine such sure enough I got Trek and then (laughs) um, then uh, another one they said we're a part of this association oh cool so I went to that association's um, LinkedIn page and I started liking some stuff and then people started noticing me and I was commenting giving my opinion on certain things and people were noticing me and then I got I got friends from there Um, Never a direct referral from that, but I did get indirect referrals from that exact technique. Oh, interesting. So So one thing that makes me think, well, something that just came up to my mind while I was talking to you is I'm obviously someone that works on mindset, personal development, and you're into that. And it makes me wonder, is there a difference between business development mindset? Does that make sense? Yeah. And personal development? I think so. What would you say is the difference? Um, like with, uh, what would I say is the is difference? Um, with business, you always got to remember um, to build as if you're going to sell. Like get, 
build the business for freedom whereas i don't know i i don't know i don't feel like they were the same like they they always came, sometimes they came from the same book but then different quotes would resonate for different parts of me mm. but it is important that you have person there's there is no business development without personal development mm. i can say that one that's that much is uh, for sure Big so did you have to develop yourself as a business owner by learning kind of like business strategies from other things that weren't even involved with personal development? Um, Do you see yes. what I mean? Like is the difference between a personal development coach and a business coach. Like what would you say is the biggest difference? The biggest difference is a business development coach shouldn't take on somebody who has not who's not even interested in personal development because mm. there is a there is a lot of people where they want to grow they want to grow as a business but they're not willing to fix their own mindset they're not willing to do that the personal side which is like learn to take risks no no, no i don't take risks but show me what to do for the business oh, like there's some people who right. are just show, so that's so, a personal issue that they yeah. have to deal with there is some people where they their personal issues are going to get in the way of the business development side mm, interesting yeah i agree with you there too because I also think that there's people that love personal development but don't want to do business. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? Uh, yep. No, I know exactly <laughs> what you mean. Yeah. Uh, so what did I want to talk about next? I actually want to talk about growth. How often should people consider growing? Oh, all the time. All the time. Like, if you're stuck in the same place, like, let's say two months from now, then you're not really on an adventure. You're literally on a hamster wheel. You're not going anywhere. Mm. You always want to like develop. You always want to be better now than you were two months ago. Yes. And I feel like growth is important because if you're not growing, you're standing still. Yes. Or even worse, you're digging a hole. Like you're getting even worse. So. Yeah, you know what? I was actually listening to Mel Robbins coaching training <laughs> on Audible and she made a good point. She said, when you're hungry, your body says, you're hungry, right? You're yeah. starving. Or let's say you're hot, your body sweats. Like your body is reacting a certain way. And then she said, the only way you know you're not growing is when you feel stuck. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's true. So those moments that people are feeling like, what am I doing? What's next? That's mm -hmm. when you know you're not growing. Yes. And I was like, that's brilliant. And I feel like a lot of people don't realize that. Instead, they just suck it up and be like, oh, whatever. It's just part of life. It'll pass. Well, one of the one of the signs that people you're not growing as an individual, one of the signs is when you start getting jealous, when you get instantly jealous and angry towards people who are succeeding. Mm. If you are growing, you will clap for those who are also growing. Oh yeah. If you are jealous and angry at them, you are more than likely it's it's because you're just jealous. You're not growing yourself. You chose not to choose the path of growth and you chose to stay where you are. And then watching people pass. Just like when you're jogging in a race. If you stand still and you watch people pass by, you'd be angry, right? Mm. But then if you're jogging and then they're slowly passing you by, it encourages you. Like, no, mm -hmm. I don't want you to pass me. Let's keep going. Mm -hmm. And I think another thing to add to that is sometimes you just got to stay focused on yourself. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, obviously there's going to be people that are better than you. But at the end of the day, it's how are you developing yourself? Like you are saying the race. Like, let's say you do finish this race at third. Mm-hmm. Then you try that race again, and then you get second, and then you get first. That's all you really focus mm -hmm. on. You don't focus on how did that get, guy get first. I'm yeah. going to do everything that he did. When really, it may not work for you. Yeah. It's really how do you become better and grow and challenge yourself every single time. Because I was talking about this in another podcast, and they were talking about the word perfect. 
Mm-hmm. And we had this conversation yeah. before. <laughs> in where, the mastermind, yeah. Yeah, I really don't believe in the word perfect um, because it's a fake thing. Yeah. It's really fake. There's no such thing as perfect. Everyone has their own perspective in perfect, but at the end of the day, it's really about becoming better. And if you could actually look at your life, let's say a month from now, and say, hey, I'm better than I was last month, or I'm better than I was yesterday, yeah. that's already proof that you're growing. Yes. How do you think people can get out of that rut and kind of move forward from thinking that now, what am I going to do in my life? This sucks. Small steps. A lot of people think, oh, I'm not successful. I want to be successful. Mm, chill out. Um, you are gonna, you are more than likely gonna relapse back into that state. Break it down. How do you eat an elephant one bite at a time, right? You're if you want to eat an elephant, <laughs> if you want to eat an elephant, I don't. I didn't understand that at first because yeah. it always catches me off guard. Like, yeah. who's gonna eat an elephant, right? Right, right. Um, but like, just like they say, the journey of a thousand miles starts with one step, mm. right? Like, you need to break it down. Like, it's a big monster to say. I want to make a million dollars like whoa 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 like how are you gonna do that you want to break it down so that small achievements lead to bigger achievements and then you build momentum and then bam 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 next thing you know you're where you want to be it's you have to get started that's that's what a lot of people they're they're getting analysis uh, paralysis by analysis Mm. by just okay but if i want to start that business i'm gonna uh, hmm. Well, I don't know what to do. I'm gonna look up. The, I'm gonna look up statistics on how uh, <laughs> statistics on how uh, how many businesses fail. Ninety eight percent of restaurants will fail within the first yes. two years. So if you see that statistic, you're gonna get paralyzed. You're like, well, I shouldn't open up a restaurant. Yeah, but what about those two that are two percent that are actually succeeding? They're killing it out there. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So. That's true. Uh, what did I want to talk about? That really made me think of something else. Uh. I don't know what I want to say now. Paralysis. One bite at a time. Oh, okay, yeah. I wanted to talk about that. What can... Okay, here's my question. For people that are out there that are pursuing their careers in... Whether it's entrepreneur or business or whatever it may be, what advice would you give someone that is impatient? Relax. Relax, take it easy, small steps at a time. Because if you are impatient, I was actually just talking to Isabel about that earlier. (laughs) If you are impatient, you will never be satisfied. And when you're never satisfied, it's not a a good life to live. Like, why would you want to live like never satisfied? Um, So if you're impatient, try to step back and relax because... um, once you start getting those small steps, that's all it takes. It has to be small steps first. A lot mm-hmm. of people don't realize that like you're going to take a big step first. No, you don't. You no. take small steps at a time. If you take a big step, you're sometimes you're screwed. You just mm-hmm. jump into the water and you're not ready. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? I agree with that because it made me think about a staircase. Mm-hmm. You take that very first step and you don't get really any results, mm-hmm. right? But when you look up at the next step, it looks exactly the same yeah. as your very first step. And you don't realize that, okay, if I take that next step, you're actually moving up. Mm-hmm. Too many people think that, okay, that step is the same. I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. And then, well, do it again then. Yeah. Right? Do it again. And then the more often you do the same thing that you feel is working, it'll compound. Yes. And your result will show up. And that's what I feel like people don't realize is that things compound over time. Yes. I mean, like for you guys that are at home, maybe you're listening to this or even your car, next time you go home, look at the staircase. 
Yeah. Every single step looks the same. <laughs> it looks exactly the same. But then that's how you get to the top. Mm-hmm. It's not jump the whole staircase yeah, and get there. Try to, and then you you miss that step and you fall back. That's exactly what's going to happen if you try to jump. Like twenty, if you're going to try to jump ten stairs, you're not going to make <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, you're gonna fall back. Yeah, exactly. And I was telling that with one of our coaching members online. Is that you know you just got to look at that one step and just trust that this step is actually being something that you've taken forward or you've taken that step forward where it's actually something that will make you grow Mm -hmm. and that will make you something better because people are like i was saying they're just impatient and they don't realize that these things will pay off oh yeah it will truly pay off i think it's the same with health and fitness i feel like it's the same with mindset even relationship like you taking those little things that work though and using those and implementing the little things that work was what compounds is a huge thing it's the same thing with finance you can't get a dollar without the penny. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or in Canada, you can't get the dollar without the nickel. The nickel, yeah. We, <laughs> what's a penny? <laughs> yeah. But it's the same thing, right? You can't save the thousand, the million dollars if you don't start off with that one dollar. Mm-hmm. It all starts off with the little things. It even goes back to people pursuing whatever they want to pursue in education. Yeah. It starts off with the first course. Mm-hmm. And in that course, there's the first lesson. You know what I mean? In that first lesson, there's actually a sentence you have to write. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> in that sentence, there's a word, and in that word, there's a letter. So yeah. it all starts off with the little things, and that's what people need to realize is really look at the steps that you need to take. And at the end of the day, it has to be rewarding to you. Yeah. Because you don't want to do something that you hate. Oh, yeah, for sure. No, man. <laughs> Nobody wants to do stuff they hate. So I want to talk about that quickly, um, and then we can finalize this whole thing. What was something that you felt like you really didn't want to do? And when did you know you had to stop? Um, what I really didn't want to do. Um, it could be career-wise. I didn't want to answer incoming calls that I was not prepared for. Like answering calls from... from the, I know that's something I should have, but that's what Archie's there for now. He takes care of those calls. Like when I get calls from people that I was not expecting a call from, I get this sense of anxiety. So then uh, my voicemail says to call Archie and then they call Archie and then Archie tells me what's up. But yeah, that's, that is one thing that I could never get past. That's just, and then in, instead of me delegating, I always tried to, like, I just dodged a call. I'd be so scared, right? Mm. And then next thing you know, that call was important, but then I dodged it. And then that kept happening and I was like, oh, I really should get somebody to answer the calls if I'm not going to do it. So that was one of the biggest skills is that oh, one of the biggest uh, decisions I made, which was I'm not going to do it, but it's important. So I should find somebody who will do it for me. Right. So who is RG? Is he your assistant? He is the director of operations for Truly Fresh. I am sales and marketing. And yeah, no, he he runs the whole damn show. Yeah. I'm telling you, he like with the amount of stuff he does versus me. If there's a sick call that comes in, you're better off putting me on the field than him because he has like calls coming in left and right. He does interviews and he's the one choosing all the people. I just go there and I train them. It's like mm, that's interesting. I think I'm going to be having him on one of the future episodes. You should, you should. because as, I feel like he's as the director of operations. You should be. You could. You could just be like. So why is it so hard for James to answer the phone? Why do you always have to do it? Because I always dodge calls and then my voicemail says to call him and then they call him. Like, Oh, your voicemail says that? It does. It says, if this is um, non-urgent, send an email to me. If this is urgent, please call Archie at such and such number. And it's funny because 
then they do that. They either send me an email in which I'm not anxious to answer emails. Yes. Um, and then, or they call Archie, and then Archie's like, "Well, why did they call me?" And I was like, "Did you answer?" Yeah. What did they want? Oh, they did this and this. I did this and this and this. And I was like, "Thank you, <laughs> thank you." I didn't want to answer that. So well, I want to break that up. Why do you think that's a big issue for you? Because um, when I did work with realtors a long time ago, they used to abuse the crap out of me on the mm. phone. They would call and call until I answered. I'd be answering calls from. Six in the morning all the way till one in the morning. It was stupid. I could never get a good night's sleep. I couldn't work at the hospital property when uh, properly when I worked there because they would call and they would complain about this, complain about that, and this and this. And then like it would just drain me that whenever I'd see their name, I'm like, I don't want to answer that. It's a, it's gonna be a complaint, and it's uh, yeah. So then I got I got this anxiety, and then I never I never got rid of it. So so how did it feel when people do complain? You know what? It felt like crap because you never set ground. I never really set grounds rules with these people because, like, I was begging for their, mm. I was begging for their their uh, service, yeah. yeah, for their business, and then so then I would agree to anything. But then now I we set the ground rules together, and honestly, not one complaint, nice. not even one. So it's yeah, all good. even the place that we take care of is just nonstop compliments. Like, oh, oh well, see, that's good. Sick. Thank you, thank you for that. That's less to come my way. <laughs> but I think that's also because you've set a standard. Mm-hmm. You see what I mean, and that shows the amount of leadership that you have. And I feel like that's a lot of people. That's what a lot of people need to hear is that if you are going to own a business, that you set the bar. Yes, it's not your employees. It's not your, I guess, your partner. It's really you, because if you're setting a, a standard then everyone else sees how far that they have to go. And too many people will be like, oh, but then I want to do this, shortcut, shortcuts. But then yes. when you actually look at your leader, and if they're not appreciating that, then you yeah. either have to go or you got to go step it, step it up and do what's necessary. All right. Uh, what else did I want to talk about? I spoke about uh, morning routines changed. Journey has changed. Into like three videos. Yeah. <laughs> uh, journey has changed your growth delegating expanding tips for people that are pursuing you said that foundation expect to fail that's one of my biggest resilience you need resilience every time I, anybody asks me it's still the same ever since my personal development journey has begun resilience you need the ability to just keep going when you fail because mm-hmm. a lot of people are scared of failure and I'm like you know what? you have to expect it how was it the first time you failed though holy crap I was like ruined when when Do I Do you got... remember your very first failure? Very first failure. Um, Where you felt like, oh man, I disappointed in my business. Yeah, you know what? It was um, a client who's paying the right price, but we, we, I don't know what, you know what? We never set the standards. We never gave them good instructions. We let them slack off and we were cool with it. And the next thing you know, we lost a contract that was really good. Oh, and they no. had parking downtown, which we, we always used for oh. food truck wars and stuff like that uh, so. so you have no connection with them anymore no and you know what um, I was planning to reach out to them to apologize on that in which I have apologized on that I just didn't make the effort to recreate a contract because I don't feel I want to go down that road because they were kind of complainers but it was mm. it was a high paying one it was just, mm. you know that reminds me of my very first failure when I was pursuing the online marketing business mm-hmm. And I set up a meeting with somebody from high school. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, we'll meet up at this coffee shop, this and that. And I, I scheduled that a week in advance. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize that my family wanted to hang out that day. Yeah. So I woke up in the morning and then my family got ready. I was like, okay, let's go, go. 
Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, that's fine. Let's go. And then she messaged me. And she's uh, like, hey, uh, are you meeting me here? Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, shoot. That was like 10 minutes ago. Yeah. And I was on the total opposite side of the city. And oh, I was like, oh, what did you do? Oh, my gosh. What did I tell her? Yeah. I apologized early. I was like, oh, my gosh. It's in my mind. I said, forgive me and that was actually my very first time I set up a meeting mm-hmm. and ever since then I was like no I gotta put so much value towards meetings like I just have to do it and I feel like subconsciously that's why I do a lot of podcasts and meetups mm-hmm. to connect with people because I hated that moment yeah and I was like oh I can't I can't do that's that good. It was because I feel like yeah I feel like I disrespected her time yes and I feel like no one should ever be disrespected mm-hmm. for their time because at the end of the day she lost yeah right like she took a risk on you and she lost yeah yeah so ever since then i i made sure that i gotta put so much value towards people meeting with me mm-hmm. and try to make sure that there's some kind of seed that i can plant at the end of the day do you feel that without that experience things would be really different for you oh yeah <laughs> oh, yeah right? very different that's why it's winner learn like some people think that if you don't win you lose and that's a very fixed-minded thing that i needed to get over because you only lose if you give up mm-hmm. everything is a learning lesson like that was just a, just always look at everything like a lesson like that was a lesson and now look you're greater for it yes exactly it's true that reminds me of thomas's edison where they always talk about oh thomas edison failed ten thousand times mm-hmm. and he tried to make the light bulb and then somebody said no he didn't fail ten thousand yeah. times he learned 10,000 things that didn't, didn't work. work. Yeah, I was like, like, oh, that's, a good that's one. so brilliant. <laughs> so all of you people out there that are constantly failing, just realize that it's actually lessons that you're being taught, mm-hmm. things that are not working. And you know what? I'm on this road to success as well, and I'm learning a lot. I'm seeing what's not working, what doesn't feel right for me. I'm figuring it out along the way, and I feel like that's what a lot of you need to realize is that you got to figure it out along the way. As much as you have this game plan and you have this road paved for you, sometimes there's going to be speed bumps, sometimes there's going to be detours. A lot of things are going to change, but at the end of the day, it's just about you staying, like what James said, resilient and just sticking to it and continuously failing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Fail and get back up as quick as you can because you got to push forward. Like some people, they're like, oh, but I have this mentor that I spend so much money for. You know what? That mentor is not going to know the small things that, they cannot expect every small little thing and you're gonna have to figure that out on your own right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's so true so i want to show you with this last message or last question i mean what do you think people need to do to bridge the gap of having the mindset and not taking action like not having both like they have the mindset yeah but they're constantly procrastinating and they can't seem to find the courage to rise. Remember your why. Write down your why. A lot of people, they don't have an actual why. And if you don't have a why, there's nothing to push you to take that action. And I feel that once I actually sat down and thought about why do I want to do this, it really pushes me because when I want to take that little step, I'm like, "Mm, I'd like to procrastinate. But then you remember your why and I'm like, my mom and dad need to travel. Mm. I want them to travel. I'm not gonna let them die unless they travel the world. So um, that gets that does get me up in the morning, and I'm like, shit, I gotta get things done. <laughs> <laughs> that's beautiful, and that still stays with you every single time. Like, there's actually a big note on my bulletin board that takes up probably 20% of it. There's a big piece of paper that says, "Give them the life they deserve," uh, and it just reminds me every single day that 
my parents deserve better than what they have and right. I'm going to provide that. Yeah, I think that's beautiful because they they sacrificed for us. Oh yeah. Like they technically they invested in us by coming here. Oh yeah. They were born broke, my parents grew up broke and then like that's how that's how I always word it. They're like why are your parents? I'm like, "Well, they were born broke, they grew up broke and they're going to I'm like they're currently like struggling." I was like, "I'll be damned if they're going to die broke." Like mm. there's no way I'm going to let that happen. <laughs> All right, man. This is a great interview. Thank you so much. Perfect. All right. See you guys next time. Peace out. Believe and rise. I just wanted to take this time to thank you for tuning in to the Believe and Rise podcast. Remember to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on any future episodes. Feel free to also follow my Instagram at es underscore believe and rise. All right, I'll see you at the next episode. And now promise yourself to continue to believe and rise.